Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Why don't we turn in our Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 12, and we're going to continue our series tonight on the book of Revelation. Now, we've got to understand that, you know, the book of Revelation, as we, as we have been getting into this, if you'll notice, if you're paying attention, we're not just saying things that are going to happen in the future. We are talking about things in the here and now. God is giving us principles to live by right now. Not just principles to live by in the future, in the time of the great tribulation. But, you know, when we get in God's word, God wants to help us right now. He wants to help us today. God's word is current events for us today. It's, it's a new source for us today, right now. And that includes the book of Revelation. If we're around during the time of some of these things that the Word of God says is coming to pass, the Great Tribulation, we'll be professional victors. And, uh, you know, we'll just go through the Great Tribulation the same way we've gone through all tribulation. Right? The same way we overcame tribulation today or yesterday is the same way that we're going to come over, get overcome in the Great Tribulation. The same way, we're going to get the victory then. It's through our faith in the grace of God. So it might look more intense. It might look more difficult. The mountain might seem a whole lot greater. But yet, God is still greater yet. God is bigger than it all. And He is in us. He is with us. And through Him, even during the great tribulation, we are more we're more than. You see, when the Great Tribulation comes, you don't go from a mortal conqueror to just barely conquering. You stay more than a conqueror, even in times of Great Tribulation. So we have finished last time the seven trumpet judgments. And then we also did a study of chapter 12. I love chapter 12. So many great things in there uh, about Jesus being our intercessor. How the devil, the accuser, has been cast out. And now, instead of an accuser representing mankind, the human race, before God day and night, Jesus, our intercessor, our attorney, is representing us. And so he only has good things to say when you and I are saying or speaking his word. When we're speaking his word, Jesus is able to make intercession for us before the Father in heaven. That's good news. That's good news. We don't have an accuser. We've got an advocate now. So let's pick up chapter 12. Let's go to the last verse as we're moving into chapter 13 tonight. We're going to look at the last verse of chapter 12. That's verse 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. How do you remember who the woman is? That's Israel. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. Who's that? Well, that's the church. That's the Gentile church. 
the church was born out of the nation of Israel. It started out with the Jewish people. Jesus himself came as a Jewish man in the earth. And Abraham is called the father of our faith. That's to the Gentile church. And so he says, um, he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, just because you're doing everything right, keeping the commandments of God, that don't mean everything's going to go, uh, go right and nothing's going to go wrong. No, that's who the devil comes out against, those who keep the commandments, those who are doing right. He'll try to come and cause things to go wrong for you. But we overcome. We overcome. So we're not afraid of things appearing like they're going wrong because we know as long as we don't go wrong and we continue to keep God's commandments, which all his commandments can be summed up in one word, and that's love. As long as we continue to walk in the love of God, and that's easy because Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we have the love of God in abundance in our heart. And so, therefore, we can walk in love and thus fulfill all the law and all the commandments. And so knowing that, we will overcome any kind of adversity the devil will try to bring against us. Now, chapter 13, verse 1. Then I stood on the sand of the sea. Now, where it says, then I, I would be referring, obviously, to the writer, which here is John. However, other translations, and in the margin of my Bible, it says, he. So it could be translated, then he stood on the sand of the sea. Well, who would he be that stood on the sand of the sea? Well, again, the Bible wasn't originally written in chapter and verses, so if you just remove the chapter 13 and continue the flow, it's the dragon. It's the dragon, and the dragon, we know, is Satan. So he stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now, we talked about how the sea is symbolic of humanity, the nations, the peoples, the multitudes of people on the earth. That's what the sea represents. And so, when he says here, I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, it's talking about the sea of humanity and this beast coming out of them that's got seven heads and ten horns. A beast rising out of humanity. As you and I continue in these last days and as we get further towards the end, more and more people will become more and more demonized. They'll be captivated by demonic things 
and thus become full of demons. There are a lot of people in this world that are full of demons. And a lot of these folks appear to be very normal. They're not walking around foaming at the mouth. They're not walking around, you know, looking like some kind of monster or something or necessarily looking possessed. But there's a lot of possessed people in our world today. Jesus encountered a lot of possessed people in his day. Right? I mean, think about all the demons Jesus was casting out in his day. How much more in our day with the kind of evil that is filling the earth, the kind of evil that people are being entertained by and filling themselves up with. People are filling themselves up with demons. Demonic influence is very strong in our world today, and it's only going to get stronger towards the end. But you and I are to be living our lives filled, not with demon spirits, but with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And I like that song that says, spring up, O well. Within my soul, spring up, O well, and make me whole. Man, we've got a well of living water. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He is the living waters of God. And he's to spring up, rise up out of you and I. But in these last days among the humans of the earth, What will be rising up out of seemingly normal-looking people? A beast. A beast-like creature. The nature of a beast will be coming up and manifesting through the lives of people. A beast with seven heads and ten horns. Seven heads. Think about it. Seven heads, that's seven brains. That's seven different personalities. Sounds like schizophrenia to me. Well, you'll have folks that seem normal, and then all of a sudden they seem to have a split personality. Something else comes out of them. Something that's like a beast, something that's like an animal comes forth from their life. How people know what I'm talking about? I remember in the world there was a heathen song that said, that, that, uh, that went, went kind of this way. It went this way. Uh, every single one of us has the devil inside. Have you ever heard that song before? Stay away from that stuff. Every single one of us, the devil inside. Well, that's true among the devilish, among the heathen, among the unsaved. Every single one. They've got this other nature. See, it's not, just, it's not just human nature. It's the nature of a beast. It's the nature of an animal. And so it's got seven heads. You know, some people act like they got seven heads. You know what I'm saying? Some people all of a sudden, you know, they're going along, they seem so normal. And then all of a sudden something else comes out of them. Something vile. Something, something disgusting. Something dirty. Something unclean comes out of them. Or something violent comes out of them. Something, something, again, like the nature of a beast comes out of them, you know? And then that head goes back in, and then, you know, their normal head rises up, and they look normal again. But then they get in certain situations, and next thing you know, something else 
some kind of other personality seems to come out of them, and it's the personality of the devil. And I found it interesting here, these seven heads, these seven heads, these seven different personalities. I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter 26, verse 25, where it says, when he speaks, talking about a deceitful person, when a deceitful person speaks, he says, don't believe him. Don't believe him. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Seven heads. Seven different attributes of a beast or the devil is in his heart. Seven abominations. That word abominations in the original Greek language here means a disgusting thing. And it could also be a disgusting thing morally. It's amazing how clean people can look on the inside and be absolutely disgusting morally on the inside. It's the nature of the devil. It's the beast. He's got seven heads. Seven abominations. What are these seven abominations? Well, over in Matthew chapter 15, I believe Jesus tells us. Matthew 15 verse 18 says this, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed, number one, evil thoughts. Number two, murders. Number three, adulteries. Number four, fornications. Number five, thefts. Number six, false witnesses. Number seven, blasphemies. Blasphemies. Well, that's interesting because we just read in verse 1 that this beast has seven heads and ten horns and on his horns ten crowns and on his heads a blasphemous name. Blasphemous name. See, because blasphemy is one of the heads. Blasphemy is in the heart of those that have this beast on the inside of them. I don't know if you'll ever hear that anywhere else, but I thank God for that revelation. Isn't that powerful? Now, what you may hear elsewhere when teaching along these lines, that this beast is in fact a man, a person also, as well as what I believe I just said. A beast is in every heathen that denies Jesus Christ, and that beast is growing and becoming more ferocious over time. And throughout generations, that beast is becoming more ferocious. But it's also a single person, a man, a very fierce, vile, and evil human being. And this human being is known in Scripture as the Antichrist, the Antichrist. The seven heads represent seven nations. Now we see that very clearly over in Revelations chapter 17, verse 9 and 10. It actually tells you what these seven heads are. It says, here is the mind, verse 9, Revelation 17, 9. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. Well, we know mountains represent kingdoms or nations. On which the woman sits. 
We'll talk about that woman when we get to chapter 17. There is also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. So there's seven nations that have seven kings. Then the ten horns, if you go to verse 12 of chapter 17, it says, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. Well, that would go, again, chapter 13, with those crowns on their heads. The ten horns had crown on each head, on each horn. Who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. So you got these ten rulers that get seduced into surrendering their sovereignty, the sovereignty of their nations, surrender their authority to the beast, and once they do that, they get to stick around for an hour, and then they're gone. He takes care of them. Who? The Antichrist. The beast. He takes care of them. So the Antichrist we see here will rule over a configuration of ten nations. Many say it's the resurrected Roman Empire. That could be happening right now with the European Union and what's taking place there. Some people feel like there's prophecy already being fulfilled uh, through the European un Union concerning this ten-nation configuration, this resurrection of the Roman Empire that the Antichrist will rule from. Daniel the prophet makes mention of it over in chapter 7 of the book of Daniel. In verse 24, it says, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. Well, we just saw that, didn't we? Right? The ten horns are the ten kings. We just saw that in Revelation 17. And another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first. And he shall subdue three kings. Well, ten minus three is seven. And there's your seven heads that he talks about in the 13th chapter of Revelation. Now, going back to the book of Revelation, verse 2, it says, Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard... His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon, who is Satan, gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Great authority. Now, the leopard, the bear, the lion, these are all mentioned in that seventh chapter of Daniel that we just read from. In Daniel's dream he, has the dream, he has a dream of four beasts. The first beast was like a lion. And we know through history and the fulfillment of the things that Daniel prophesied that uh, that lion represented the Babylonian Empire. And then uh, the second, like a bear, which represents the Medes and Persians. And the third, like a leopard, which represents Greece. So we see these four, these four 
beasts in Revelation 13 combining all, the, all their characteristics in this one beast of Revelation chapter 13. You got this one beast, but he's got all the attributes of these four different beasts or empires. So in other words, this beast is going to be very powerful. He's going to rule over a very powerful empire that will literally control the world. He will literally be able to control the world. The Antichrist will have the combined characteristics of the Babylonian empire led by Nebuchadnezzar, the Medes and Persian empire, and Greece led by Alexander the Great. He will have all these characteristics in this one empire that he'll rule from, the Antichrist. Verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. How many of you know if it's deadly, you don't get healed? Right? But this deadly wound was healed. That word mortally literally means death. Deadly. So in other words, he died. He had a mortal wound to the head. Who? The Antichrist. He had a mortal wound to the head, perhaps shot in the head. But watch this. It, it says, it was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So something's going to happen. Perhaps he's assassinated. Something's going to happen. Man, he's going to get shot in the head. It might happen right on TV. Everybody sees it. They know. Man, he just got his head blown off. This guy is dead. He's pronounced dead. But then somehow, supernaturally, the wound is healed. And he's up and running again. He's up and running again. So verse 4 says, So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast. So notice they worshiped the dragon who is Satan. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make more war with him? So notice here, the dragon, Satan, and the beast are now one. After this resurrection from a deadly wound, how do you know the Antichrist would like to imitate the Christ? Satan would like to imitate Jesus Christ. We know Jesus was raised from the dead. This guy will be raised from the dead. He will rise from the dead supernaturally. And there is no distinction here between the beast and Satan. They are one. In other words, this beast, the Antichrist, at this time now, is no longer just a demonized or demon-possessed man. He is Satan in bodily form. The man is gone. It is Satan that is living in that man's body that died when taking the blow to the head. It's just pure Satan. He's living in a human body, 
just like Jesus was living in a human body. Jesus wasn't sharing his body with another spirit. Jesus had his own body. Now Satan will have his own body. He will embody the body of the Antichrist fully once the man who was the Antichrist is now no more. This is why I believe Jesus said in John chapter 10 and in verse 1. He said, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door. The door of a woman. The birth canal. Does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So if someone comes into this world, and we know Jesus is the door. He says that. I am the door. So he's the door, so, so we come into the kingdom of God through him. But at the same time, there's a, another, another side to this that could be applied here. That Jesus is actually giving us a heads up concerning. And that is concerning the Antichrist, Satan, coming into the world illegally. Coming in, taking on the form of a human being, but coming in another way, not being birthed into the earth like Jesus was. Jesus came legally into the world. Or I should say God came legally into the world by being born of a woman. That's the legal way into the world. Satan was not born of a woman. He came into the world by this supernatural takeover of a human being, which is more than just demon possession. Verse 5, Revelation 13. And he was given a mouth speaking great things. I mean, you think of the different orators like Adolf Hitler and, and whoever else that were inspired of Satan to speak in such a way that it just caused people to be captivated by his speaking. Now we've got Satan himself standing there speaking. People will be absolutely mesmerized by him. His words will be overwhelming to so many, except for us. He is given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. He's all about blasphemies. He was given authority to continue for 42 months. That comes out to three and a half years. So they say the tribulation period is approximately seven years. So you slip, slip, slice that in half. You got three and a half, three and a half. So you've got the Antichrist there building his empire, getting more powerful. Terrible things are happening in the earth, but then he gets shot. And now it's Satan for the next three and a half years. It's Satan ruling the world in the natural realm in the earth for three and a half years. So if you could just, man, if you could just hang in there for three and a half years. We can do this. We can do this. It's going to be pretty intense three and a half years. Verse 6, then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. Notice, blaspheme his name, his tabernacle. His tabernacle, which could be 
the temple in Israel. Because the Bible talks about this um, abomination of desolation that's going to take place uh, in the temple located in Israel. There's going to be some reconstructing going on there. And, you know, some people have said they don't have to really, they don't have to really rebuild the entire temple to fulfill Scripture, to begin starting the sacrifices up again. They're working on those things, by the way. But they don't actually have to do that because all they really have to do is establish the tabernacle. And then they could carry out the sacrifices according to God's law lawfully. By setting up, remember the tabernacle in the wilderness that Moses erected? Later on, Solomon built the temple. But first, that place of worship was that tabernacle. Then the temple was built later, uh, you know, by, like I said, by Solomon. So, this could be talking about the Antichrist fulfilling that scripture of committing the abomination of desolation that talked about in the book of Daniel. Jesus makes mention of it over in Matthew, the 24th chapter. Matthew 24 and in verse 15. Jesus said, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, see, in the tabernacle, uttering all these blasphemies, committing all these blasphemies, Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant in those days, who those who are pregnant in those days who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be, there it is, great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor, no, nor ever shall be. There'll be no tribulation like it. There never was anything like it. There never will be anything like it. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. So perhaps that's why it's three and a half years we get this thing done. Because if it kept going, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So, that we, so then we know there that if the Lord shortened it for the elect's sake, then we know at the end of this great tribulation period, there are going to be some elect still alive in the earth. There's going to be people that are going to make it through this time. Verse 23, then if anyone says to you, look, there's the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So Jesus is giving us a heads up. He's saying, listen, don't go out after them. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. Of course I wouldn't. Listen, they pull to worship these false Christs, there's going to be such signs and wonders. The pull is going to be great. It's going to be very great. And it'll deceive even possibly the elect. Even those that should know better. Those trained in the scriptures. 
See, I have told you beforehand, Jesus said. So he has warned. He has warned the world concerning these things. Now, I read all that because it fits very well with where we're going in verse 7 of Revelation chapter 13. It was granted to him to make war. Talking about the Antichrist, the beast. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. There's a whole lot more I can say if we go back to the, to the book of Daniel and, and, and the teaching there and the visions that he had, the dreams that he had of these, of these very same things. There's more details that could all be added to this, which we just can't, you know, we can't do a teaching on the book of Daniel too. You know, we just can't, we just can't cover it all, but there's good reason to believe based on the things that Daniel said and a lot of things that what I just said is the way it is actually Going, is, is what it's saying here in chapter 13, that, um, that he will open his mouth and blaspheme against God and uh, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven, and that that is connected to the uh, abomination of desolation. And so again, verse 7, if it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, because in Daniel it flows right into that as well. He comes against the saints. They're given into his hands. And here it says they're overcome by him. The saints are overcome by him. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. The whole world. See, we see today there's a push for a one world government. One world government. A lot of people pushing. A lot of people pushing for that. I believe the people that are pushing for that are of that antichrist spirit. They're of that same spirit, wanting to bring these things to pass. Many of them ignorantly, they don't realize it, but they're just following what the devil wants to ultimately bring to pass in the world. Verse 8, all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Is your name written in the book of life? Uh, keep it there. Let's not, let's not do anything to get our names taken out of that book. Let's keep our names in that book and not worship the devil. Continuing on, verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Now, who's this guy? Well, notice, the other beast came up out of the sea. This beast came up out of the earth. He is earthly. Earthly. When I think of that word earthly, I think of James chapter 3, verse 14, where it says, but if you, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. Now let's stop and think about what he just said there. Do not boast and lie against the truth. In other words, don't try to spiritualize your bitter envy. People have bitter envy. Because it's written to the church, isn't it, James? written to the church? It's written to the church. It's an epistle to the church. So, so when believers have bitter envy, they try to spiritualize it. See? And so they'll, they'll say, you know, they'll try to act like they're operating in the gifts of the Spirit or something, you know, or they're discerning and they can discern this and this. And, and, and they cut down people and they talk bad about people and they don't connect with the body of Christ. And it's because they've got this bitterness in their heart. They've got something wrong on, in their heart. Something's not right in their heart. But then they spiritualize it. He says, don't lie against the truth. He goes on. 
He says, this wisdom does not descend from above. This does not come from God. Stop trying to act like God showed you. God showed me to stay away from that person. God showed me this. God showed me. Don't spiritualize your unforgiveness. Don't spiritualize your resentment. You yield to a wrong spirit. Say, people do that. God, God says, here, don't do that. This wisdom does not descend from above. But is what? Earthly. Sensual. Demonic. Devilish. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion. And every evil thing will be there. So here we have this beast who has these two horns like a lamb. A little sweet lamb. And so, and again, he's trying to be Christ-like. He's trying to be spiritual. But he's actually earthly. He's not coming from above. He comes up out of the earth. He's earthly, sensual. He's demonic. He's devilish. So, this beast that is got the horns of a lamb is this false prophet. A false prophet. So, the, the Antichrist will be more political. But this beast will be more religious. So, you'll have this religious false prophet who appears Christ-like. It goes on, verse 12. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in, the, in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed, to worship the Antichrist. He performs, this prophet, this spiritual leader, he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. So he's going to talk God's word. He's going to talk spiritual talk. He's going to cause fire to come down out of heaven. This is why Jesus told us, I'm telling you, don't go out after them. Don't believe them. Because there'll be great signs and lying wonders. Verse 14, he deceives those who dwell on the earth by the signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. He was granted to do it. He had permission to be able to do it. Why? Well, over in Thessalonians, talking about the Antichrist, he's also referred to there as the lawless one. And it says, because the people rejected the love of God and the truth of God's word, they were given over to strong delusions. So that they might believe the lie. Romans chapter 1 talks about it also. Because they wanted to be perverse. They wanted to give themselves over to sexual immorality. And they suppressed the truth in their hearts. They resisted doing it God's way. What happened to them? They were completely given over to darkness. And so here, he's saying, they'll, this, this antichrist, this spiritual antichrist, this spiritual leader, this false prophet... He'll be given the right. People will give him that right. By their rejection of the truth, for him to come with all kinds of strong delusions, all kinds of lying signs and wonders. So that he's deceiving everybody who dwells on the earth. And they worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. 
He deceives those, verse 14, he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make, watch this now, he tells them, make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived by the weapon. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should, should both speak and cause as many would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Well, with today's technology, there's a whole lot of folks that walk around with a thing that has all kinds of images being flashed in front of their face continuously. An image. Images or a picture. A picture or an image that can talk. How many people know? There's a lot of folks, they got these devices that have images that can talk. And monitor your actions to make sure that you are compliant with your worship of the first beast, the Antichrist. It can monitor you. Isn't that what they're doing now? They've got it on our phones where they can monitor if you've been around anybody that's had the coronavirus. They can monitor, they can have that. You look at your iPhone, they, you go back to your settings, it's in there. My question is how, you know, this just happened a few months ago. How in the world do they already have it in your device? How in the already did they already put that together and create that? I mean, do they create things that fast? Uh, I doubt it. Seems to me like a plan. It's been around a while. It's been planned. Your device is already monitoring you. In fact, you can just talk to it and say, uh, uh, Siri? Yes. People think it's great. People think it's great. I got this thing. It answers me. It talks to me. It talks to me. Well, it's listening to you. Everything you say, everything you do, everything you text, everything, everything, everything is being recorded. And I heard, and of course I can't confirm this, but I heard this years ago, that the government has this huge machine that has all the data of all this information that's going through all these devices. And that machine, they call it the beast. Interesting. Don't know if it's 100% true or not, but I've heard that. So, we've got this device, we've got this image that can, that can talk and make sure that you're worshiping. And then, of course, you know, people worshiping. You've got folks giving all their affections to these things that can communicate with them. And they're held captive by it. And it is worship. It is worship. People are more captivated by their iPhone than they are by the Lord and by his word. That's a dangerous place to live. Because that sets you up to be more controlled by the world system that is ever working to gain full control over the populace. 
They're working day and night to gain control over your life. And you have to know how to resist the devil and resist these things and not be captivated by it. So um, this image with current technology advances, you know, it could be, it could be all kinds of things. Who knows? It could, be, it could be a robot with human features. It could be a clone, a cloned human. We don't know. It could be all kinds of things. Verse, let's pick it up here, verse 16. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark uh, or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So there's, there's this mark. How many people know there's a big push right now to create a cashless society where there's no more cash. Everything is electronic. Everything's electronic and thus everything is controlled. And of course... For your safety. You can't have all your life savings. I mean, you have no cash. It's all electronic. you got to put this in a place that is safe where it, you can't lose it. It can't be stolen from you. So let's put it in your hand. Let's put it in your body. They're already doing it. This technology is already out there. They're already doing it. I saw a thing where... Um, College students were getting, getting this, no, 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 it wasn't college students, but it was like college students that were working for a certain company. It was a very large company, lots and lots of employees, and they were receiving, they were receiving a, 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 um, a chip inserted by a needle. It's, it's like microscopic. It goes in through a needle into their body, and it's got everything on it. It's got their history, their medical history. And all kinds of things. And what's really nice about it is it's very convenient. See, that's why a lot of them do it. They think it's really cool and techy. So, so they get it because they don't need keys when they go to the different offices and different places in the building. They just have to put their hand up and things open up. When they buy stuff, they just put their hand out. They don't have to take out their money or anything. They just wave their hand in the air just like they don't care. And their things are perked. They go down to the cafeteria. They're able to purchase things by waving their hand in the air, just like they don't care. Isn't that something? It's happening. And people think it's great. People are doing it. They're pushing for these things right now. I just heard recently, I don't know, maybe somebody knows more about it, but I just heard recently there's a shortage of, of coins. Anybody, anybody hear anything? A, sh- a, shortage of, a shortage of coins. What do you mean a shortage of coins? Go make some more. What are you talking about? I don't know. Is it like trying to eliminate cash, you think? Maybe? What? I don't know. I don't know. And there's some places now, they don't even take cash. They don't even take cash. So, wow. 2,000 years ago, the news. It was in the news 2,000 years ago. And we're seeing it all come to pass. Seeing it all come to pass. You know, COVID. It's the coronavirus, but they call it covid and, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is accurate or not, but I heard it said that COVID stands for Certificate of Vaccine ID. So everybody has to get the vaccine. And uh, with the vaccine comes your convenient 
chip so that everybody knows you got the vaccine and we know who didn't get the vaccine. That's how we get the chip in everybody. Very interesting. Verse 18 of chapter 13. Here is wisdom. Aren't you glad God knows all these things ahead of time? So as they come to pass, we don't go, oh, oh, we see it. It's like, okay. I've been created for such a time as this. Which means what? I've been graced for such a time as this. Which means what? I have faith to overcome such a time as this. Can you say amen? Verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Man was created on the sixth day. And so this 666 is kind of like a counterfeit to the Trinity. And just like the Lord, he rested on the seventh day, and seven would be a number of completion, this would be a number of completion or perfection of mankind. In other words, the beast is trying to create his own master race that he rules over. Just like people have tried to do in the past. Try to create a master race. Everybody's got the mark. He's, they're a part of this master race. Chapter 14 is very important. It talks a lot about uh, the mark and what happens to those who actually take it. So we need to be aware of that. We had talked earlier, we had seen in the Word of God about people that were marked on their forehead and we knew that that was a spiritual mark and it was from the Lord. This mark is not a spiritual mark. This is a natural mark because they cannot buy and sell. It spells that out for us. So it's a natural thing. It's a very natural thing that men can see. And thus determine whether or not you can buy or sell. However, if you already have received the mark of the beast on your forehead where your mind is on demonic things. And you think on demonic things. And you put your hand to demonic things. And you are looking at and a partaker of demonic things then really you've already got the spiritual mark. So when the time comes to receive the natural mark, you'll just flow right with it. In fact, you'll probably be one of the ones that'll begin to curse and blaspheme those who don't take the mark because they're threatening everybody else. They're threatening society by not taking their master mark. <laughs> Chapter 14, Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion... And with him was 140,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. So the father's name is on their foreheads. This is spiritual. This isn't a tattoo. People are not going to go out, and 144,000 people are going to get tattooed with Jehovah on their foreheads. But the father's name is on the foreheads. Well, we've, already, we've already looked at these 140,000, right? They come out of Israel. They come out of Israel, and I believe this will be the beginning. This 144,000 are the beginning of a great revival that the Bible talks about, especially in the book of Romans, that is going to take place in Israel among the Jewish people. The Jewish people are going to see revival, and they are going to get saved. 
So uh, he talks about that. Verse 4, he talks about them here. He says, these are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the land. And that's, you know, it actually spells that out, makes a big deal about that, because we are living in an exceedingly sexually perverse and immoral time. And sexual perversion and immorality will play a major role, a primary role, in the rise of the Antichrist and the overthrow of nations. It's sexual immorality that weakens and destroys nations because it weakens and destroys humans. It destroys them from the inside out. Jesus said he who who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Sins against his own body. He's destroying himself. He's weakening himself. So when you have rampant sexual immorality taking place in the world, you've you've got nations crumbling, being reduced to a crust of bread, becoming worth, making human beings worthless. Sexual immorality makes people worthless. Now, a lot of folks don't know that, but it does. It makes them worthless, worthless, worthless. Isn't that terrible? Worthless. So in a time of exceedingly sexual immorality and perversion, these guys are virgins. That's powerful. There's a lot to say about that. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit. They didn't lie. And they are without fault before the throne of God. So I I said, you know, the, the revival in Israel will start with these guys because the Bible says these are the first fruits of God. The first fruits. So it'll start, things will start with them. We jump down to verse 9. It says, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. Notice that. The cup of his indignation. Man, I don't want to drink that. Do you? Thank God you don't have to. You know why? Because Jesus drank it for you. Don't you remember what Jesus said in the garden when he was praying to the Father? He said, Father, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, nevertheless, not your will. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If I've got to drink it, I'll do it. What, what cup? What cup, Jesus? The cup of his indignation. The wrath of God for sin. See, if you reject Jesus and you take the mark of the beast and you side in with the devil and his crowd because you want to save your life in this world, he says, then you come out from underneath that covenant where Jesus drank the cup for you and you're going to end up drinking it. You're going to end up drinking it. The wicked... Those that reject Jesus will drink of this cup of indignation. So sad when Jesus did it for them. Nobody has to drink this cup. Nobody has to drink it. Jesus did it. But they will. He shall be tormented. Talking about the one that receives the mark. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. In the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. 
And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image. And whoever receives the mark of his name, listen, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to try to get some temporary relief during this three and a half period of hell on earth. Because to get temporary relief and be a part of the crowd and enjoy the pleasures of sin, you will forfeit an eternity in heaven and you will be tormented day and night for eternity. It's not worth it. I'll take however long you know, it has to be here on the earth to suffer rather than suffer for all eternity. Because the sufferings of this present time can't be compared. Can't be compared with the glorious things that will be revealed in us. Hallelujah. When we're standing in his presence. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. You got to be patient. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. I mean, don't you think, don't you think for a moment the Lord isn't going to reward you greatly for taking a stand in these last days? If, if, you, if we're here during that time. Verse 13, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Man, it's good to be dead. <laughs> it's good to be dead because life is going to be tough. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Their works follow them. Chapter 15. But we've run out of time tonight. So we're not going to get there. But we're going to get there next time. I said we're going to get there next time. Lord willing. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Some may say I'm an overcomer. I overcome the beast. His devilish political system. And religious system. I overcome the image of the beast. Those Pictures that can talk and monitor my actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give my affections to it. I'm not going to worship it. I'm not going to be held captive by it or be captivated by it. Hallelujah. I'm not going to receive his mark and have an implanted tracking device in my body. Not going to let it happen. I'm going to follow the Christ, not the Antichrist. I'm sold out to the Christ today. So I know if I'm sold out to the Christ today, I'll be sold out to the Christ in the future, regardless of what comes. I did a little, you know, just looking at those seven, those seven heads, which are the... Uh, Seven things that proceed out of a man's heart and defiles him. One was evil thoughts. What is that? It's a demon of mental torment. Confusion. Mind-binding demons. Have you ever had a demon that just seemed to be binding your mind? And filling you with evil thoughts? It's a demon. Murders. That's the second one. A murdering, hateful, angry spirit. Adulteries, a sexual and moral lustful spirit, a cheating spirit, a spirit of betrayal, fornication, a sexual immoral spirit, lust, thefts, a stealing spirit. Well, they owe it to me, you thief. It's a demon. 
false witness, a lying spirit, blasphemies, a vile mouth spirit, spirit that curses and swears against God. Uses God's, how many people know using God's name in vain is blasphemy? Just throwing God's name around like it's dirt. Oh my God. OMG. You think you're being cute? OMG? You're blaspheming God. You're a blasphemer. It's one of the seven heads. It's one of the seven beastly traits coming out of people in the last days. Let's identify these traits. And if they try to come out of our life, let's judge ourselves immediately. Cry out to God to fill us with the Holy Ghost and purge us of any kind of influence of demons in our heart. Can you say amen? Somebody say, out of me flows pure, living, clean waters of life. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Praise God forever. Praise God. Woo! Good things are coming out of us. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Good things to the glory and honor and praise of God. Amen. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.